when you Google polyamory, it says the practice of engaging in multiple sexual relationships with the consent of all people involved, also described as consensual, ethical, and responsible non-monogamy. So I have a couple friends and they are all in open marriages or in polyamorous relationships. And I realized after hanging out with them that I had this bias that I didn't realize I had. So uh, I brought a couple of them in and I'm gonna call this episode the poly panel, panel of polys. I don't know if we're actually gonna call it that, but it's three married people who are in poly relationships and they're super interesting. Please enjoy. I am sitting with uh, three poly people on a couch. So I want to ask everyone to introduce themselves and then I wanted to talk about why we are choosing to use a full name, just your first name or a pseudonym. Mm -hmm. Um, And why and the stigma behind that. Mm, So I'm gonna leave that up to you, how you wanna introduce yourself. My name is Monica. I um, am married to uh, a wonderful man. And um, we are, I I don't know, we kind of go back and forth on terms, but we're ethically non-monogamous slash poly slash open. I don't know, we're not big into labeling things. Um, and the people, our close friends all know about this. Um, I have a, a special friend, if you will, another person who's not big into labels, clearly. Um, and he and I have been going out for about 10 months. So it's a pretty serious relationship and he's a big part of my life. Um, so my friends all know my, my close coworkers actually know. Um, some of whom are my parents' age, which is kind of interesting. That mm-hmm. felt like a real coming out, telling them. Um, it turned out that actually another coworker and kind of this little crew that I'm in uh, has been poly at times too. So they were like, oh, this is old news. We get it. I was like, well, oh, that's easy. <laughs> um, but my, we, my parents don't know about this. And we're actually going to see them this weekend. And we're like, oh, is this the d- time we finally talk to them about right. it? Because it's a big deal it's a big deal in our lives Mm. um but I grew up going to church every Sunday my parents uh weren't real hardcore about the church stuff but it was a presence um socially they're pretty liberal pretty open about other people's lives but they also can sort of turn like judgy uh sort of at the drop of a hat so it's made me very nervous about talking to them about this um, because I want them to know what's going on in my life and I feel myself kind of telling these little white lies Mm -hmm. more and more which I really don't like because radical honesty is such a a cornerstone of my marriage yeah okay your turn oh god I relate to so much of what you just said I relate to so much of what you said um my name's Nicole um we can leave it there although I don't know. The internet pretty much knows, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, um, I think no, the internet fully knows. Yeah, I was about to say the, the internet. The internet's aware. Now, my name is Nicole Payson. Um, I actually have a podcast of my own called "Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole." Um, and 
on it. I often talk about this. However, we actually have not done uh, an episode that is specifically dedicated to my coming out as Polly, even though the entire podcast is about coming out stories. And I told my coming out as bisexual by, way back when I was 15. Um, but I purposefully have not done one yet because my in-laws don't know. And uh, my father-in-law's not on any kind of social media. So he'd be like, what? I don't, he has no idea. Um, my mother-in-law though follows me on Instagram, which is an interesting mm. prospect at this point because anybody who does would be like, really? And she met my girlfriend. Uh, so I should say I am, I am married. Um, we have been together. My husband and I have been together for almost six years, um, married for almost three and uh, very happily so. And poly, ethical non-monogamy, whatever you want to call it, has been a part of the conversation from almost the very beginning. Um, and we really like waded into it slowly, um, but it was something going into the relationship that I knew was going to need to be a part of it. Um, I had been through, and we can get into this at some point, throughout this if we want, but I'd been through quite a lot in my relationship life, like leading up to that to tell me that like, this is who I am and I need to accept that. And I had done my research. And so I had vowed to myself that like the next relationship I got into that was serious, this would have to be a part of it or it would be a deal breaker. Um, and so it has been and to varying degrees, you know, sometimes we're with other people, sometimes we're not. Um, but I have been dating somebody, a woman for almost a year and a half. Um, so she's very much a part of our lives and my parents know, um, my mom is trying to be okay with it. My dad is just not talking about it. So that's where we're at. And, um, luckily both of them were very nice to my girlfriend when we were all together over Thanksgiving. So that was cool. But again, your my husband was there too. Yeah. And my husband yeah. was there too. Yeah. And like, and my in-laws met my girlfriend, but just as a friend, which mm. I felt really shitty about, but she, I think she cared more that my parents knew than his parents knew. So she was okay with that for the time being, but we we're very, um, I don't know, my husband is like, okay, we'll just tell them next time we see them. And I'm like, cool, they don't have to love me. They have to love you. So like, that the 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 in-law thing scares it's the hell scary, out of yeah. me um but yeah that's that's me that's where i'm at <laughs> that's good we yeah. have a lot of overlap there um yep. Yep. so my name's lauren i am not the lauren from nicole's podcast no nope. <laughs> um i am married to a man i identify as bisexual and queer and so i have a girlfriend um my husband frank we've been together 10 years we've been actively we've been talking we've been actively opening up we started actively opening up a year and a half ago um and then we took a, like a full nine months to do the process of talking through it and processing together in the course of that nine months i met a woman that i got you know increasingly increasingly interested in dating and so she and i when i when we did open up she and i started dating we've been together nine months um but uh, yeah, and we're open to seeing other partners as well. There was another sort of mini interesting period of time where she hadn't been poly before. So then I was in what I've heard people describe as poly fidelity with her and my husband where we, I was monogamous with each of them. But it, that was all still with me working towards the idea of getting her and I have a nice, like have a nice bed of trust 
and comfort so that then starting just about a month and a half ago now, we fully reopened back up to now, you know, people can date additionally whomever. And so she's started to go on dates with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll probably do a little of that too, though um, I do other things in the world besides dates. So <laughs> sometimes I have to make art or yes, teach a screenwriting class. Yeah, because otherwise I'll be like, what am I, this is my only hobby is dating um, <laughs> So true. Because they're the best, people are the best. Um, <laughs> it's just another part of the same thing, which is just like deeply experiencing people and connecting with people, which I just love. Um, I, so we are, it's really interesting. I, in retrospect, have definitely been wired to be poly my whole life. I had a problem with um, fidelity uh, in terms of monogamy forever. Me I too. cheated on every long-term partner and I'm very open about that because I've now learned that that's actually a pattern for a lot of people who really should be poly and don't realize because they don't know it's really an option. So as soon as I mm. came out as poly, I to, to as soon as my husband and I started doing it, we immediately came out to our close friends, like as fast as we felt comfortable within a month or two, almost immediately. And then I knew I wanted to tell my parents immediately because it had just been clearly true my whole life and I didn't, and I feel so strongly about radically trying to shift the cultural conversation around this to it being just a normal option you can take. Um, so we came out to my dad. So my dad and stepmom live in Los Angeles and my mom and her wife, because my mom was married to a woman, um, they live in New York. So my dad and stepmom, we came out to first and they had actually met my girlfriend and they were like oh thank god we were worried you were cheating it was so obvious that you oh. were into each other we're so they were like relieved it wasn't that then and then they had a horror it's really interesting you learn a lot about your family mm. they had a narrative immediately based on nothing that it was my choice and not my husband's and that i had strong-armed my husband into mm. it which is the fear of telling me literally the exact yes. same thing yep. happened with my family it's crazy yes it's the so insulting it's to my, so insulting to my marriage they thought you had yeah. oh strong-armed yeah. him yeah oh, absolutely and I strongly mm -hmm. suspect yes. when i tell my parents they'll think the opposite i think you're correct my partner interest driving it when actually it was very much driving you. it very much very much you well and here's he was, but here's the evidence you have a boyfriend as evidence uh, or a special friend as evidence, excuse me, I don't yes. want to speak for you. Yeah. I have a girlfriend, so it plays into their narrative. My husband has been dating people. He's going on a lot of first dates. Like, he's in it. But because there hasn't been a serious thing, it helps their narrative that right. I have manipulated the chessboard. And and I have to say, it's so insulting because I was like, you were at my wedding. You saw how much we saw each other as equals. You witnessed that. How could you believe that I would want a marriage where this person would just roll over for me? And, and it's also insulting to him. He's a deep, like, in, very intentional, very intelligent human who gave a ton of thought. We took so much time to open it slowly and, like, ethically. And he is now so on board. He, ca he like, fully is like, I fucking love this. Like, he definitely, it's challenging, but he, like, is enjoying the ways it challenges him to deal with some of his self-doubt and his old latent body dysmorphia. Like, those things you have to when you date again. He's really like in it with those things and he's appreciative of this as an opportunity for that and he's really like this is so crazy of course i'm also wired to do this thing this mm -hmm. is fine so it's been very beautiful but if people aren't willing to see that because the, the narrative of not seeing it is very strong very strong very strong so we basically i'll say this we were then we always knew we'd come out to his parents later and then one of his two parents passed away really suddenly this last august yeah so it really put obviously a really hard handbrake on like coming out to anybody else in his side of the family. We've come out to his siblings, but his siblings, his siblings know his, his mom who's still alive does not know. Um, but I can tell we're kind of getting close to probably wanting to tell her soon. Yeah. Um, and on my side, I can go into this more later, but you know, coming out to my dad and stepmom, it was a quick conversation. It was okay. And now 
we have wonderful kind of group family events where my girlfriend and husband are both there. It's really lovely. They were together at least once a month in a way at family stuff. My mom, uh, my biological mom, really, really positive coming out experience, which was great actually. And then my mom's wife, it was a real challenge. Um, she she it did not fit into her worldview and that was a real struggle for us. And it was the it was a thousand times more traumatic than when I came out as queer when I was 22. A thousand times worse. Everybody accepted my bisexuality and probably no one was that shocked. The Polly thing, <laughs> the Polly thing was really like, this is a, re like she, she had such a aversion at first. And I don't want to speak for her as to why, because I only know some of it. But I know that she was also really worried I was stronger than my husband to the point where like, it kind of got back to me that she was worried I had like, like nothing we said was going to change her viewpoint. Like there yeah. was no point in me talking about it. And that was really hard. But eventually they just took a couple months and I, they did more processing. And, and now my stepmom has met my girlfriend and that went pretty well. And she'll see her again probably in a couple of months when they visit. And like, it's gotten better. I think eventually she was just like, why am I being the morality police? Like if this is how they want to live their lives, let's let them live their lives. Like yeah. eventually she got there, but she took, it took four or five months. Nice. I mean, it was a long time of processing and it was quite painful. I know. You all spoke about taking time to adjust to it, get into it. Uh, what does that time look like? Are you researching? Are you mm -hmm. talking to other people? Oh yeah, research is your friend. Yep. <laughs> um, books. Books, um, and there are like precious few, but also the ones that are out there are so great. Um, yeah. So the two I would recommend immediately are The Ethical Slut, which is basically like the Bible of polyamory. Yeah. Also, I recommend doing it on audiobooks. It sounds like your grandmother reading it to you. Oh, I so love that. <laughs> so it's really fun and family friendly. That's really cute. Um, and, uh, and the other one is More Than Two, which I maybe even like better because it, um, it doesn't have as much of like the kink factor as uh, parts of the ethical slut at least. Um, it's a little bit more layman and it also goes deep in the beginning into consent and actually breaking down what consent is and the idea that if you are not being fully honest with a person in the relationship, however, whatever the structure is, then they are not consenting. So you are taking right. away their ability to consent if you're not being honest with them Correct. about what you're doing yeah. um, outside well of it. And so I love that like that book took so much time straight up front to lay down those ground rules. And it was like, if you're not willing to do this, this lifestyle is not for you. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's really cool. So more than two in The Ethical Slut. But yeah, my husband and I did The Ethical Slut via audio, audiobook uh, together and then would sit and have conversations about what we were listening to and what was coming up. Um, and around that, we created uh, sort of, I don't want to call them rules, but that's sort of. Agreements? Agreements. Thank you. Yeah, I was I like, really I know like there's a poly term. term just there is. It's agreements. It's agreements. agreements. There it we'll is. I'm not great yeah, yeah. at poly terms, but um, uh, agreements. We love terms in our house, so I'll, I'll be term dramaturg over Yay, here. Yay, great. Um, but yeah, we, we came up with a set of agreements that worked for us. Um, with the understanding that those could shift and evolve over time, but not without a conversation first. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it was like slowly, slowly on, because it was really me who, okay, here's what I'm gonna say about this. To something that you said, I believe that there are poly people who are poly oriented the way that like gender is oriented, sexual orientation is oriented. Yeah. And I think there are poly people who choose 
the lifestyle either because their partner is that or they genuinely are open to exploring. Um, and it's different than sexual orientation and gender that way when we're talking about identity, because I do think people can identify that way and either be oriented or not. I consider myself oriented that way. Whereas my husband is probably more monogamously oriented, but he is genuinely such an open person and open to experience and open to connecting with people and adventure, to be totally honest, that like this lifestyle fits him very well too. Um, so it was also navigating that and going, okay, I'm probably going to be of the two of us, the first to venture out in any sort of serious way. So I wanted to make sure that our conversations were like all had and that we were very okay with each other mm -hmm. and where mm -hmm. we were at before I took any steps towards that. Um, and yeah, I mean, and our rule was like, you, we need to talk before something happens. Right. Um, and so that, so doing that has helped enormously. Yeah. Yeah. You once said to me, poly by nature versus poly by choice. Yeah. And I think about that phrase all the time. Yeah. I think that's really smart. Yeah. We also read opening up. That's the oh, one yeah. I yeah. highly recommend. I do yeah. too. Love opening up. I also really recommend the multi Amory podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, they've been going for a couple of years now and they're all like two of them have been together. And then I think actually break up over the course of the thing. Like it's actually really wonderful. Um, and they're just constantly, they have a wonderful episode on what are rules versus agreements versus your own personal boundaries. Oh, yo. They talk about rules as something you put on somebody else to control their behavior. Like you will not be attracted to any blondes. Don't go out with blondes or something. <laughs> Which a lot of these couples, when they first open up, have those very Gosh. strict specific rules. But they talk about how those are like never going to be sustainable. You can't control how you feel. This no. is the person happens to be blonde. But agreements are underpinnings of sort of like behavior that you both agree fit your ethics and fit what you want to, how, how you want to define your relationship. And that's what you're talking about. Like, I won't take an action without speaking to you first, partially because, or if I, you know, in the case of my husband and I, we have, or if it's like a stranger, it's not somebody who's loaded. If it happens, just tell me the next day and we'll go from there. Makes sense. And even that's like, it started with a slightly stricter agreement and then we loosened it when we realized we were comfortable. And those are, we both are happy to to modify our behavior to be like, we're not impulsive 12 year olds. We can take a second to talk it out. Um, and then they define boundaries as what's your own personal thing you're taking care of for yourself. So like if your boundary is I want a partner who, let's say I, I have issues with my partner smoking. That's the example they use on the podcast. They're like, you know, if your partner smokes only a couple times a year when they come home, just like a personal boundary is go sleep on the couch that night because it's only twice a year as opposed to like making a whole crazy rule that modifies their behavior forever and ever and ever. Mm -hmm. Like it's a really interesting way of thinking about it. Well, it's very interesting because yeah. that relates a lot to codependency, which is something That's I'm learning a lot about mm -hmm. and that uh, actually opening up our marriage and, and starting to build a new relationship with someone at 30 something as opposed to, I was 20, was 22 when my partner and I met and we oh, started gosh. dating a couple of years later. So I was a baby. And so starting a new relationship with the wisdom of you know, seven years of being in a partnership with someone, right. you learn so much more. And something about codependency is, is learning you cannot control other people's behavior. You set boundaries yes. about what, what works you can for live you. With. That's right. Exactly. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, it's been fascinating to see how my primary relationship has changed really quite dramatically for the better um, since yeah. we started mm -hmm really since we started being honest with each other because 
we we entered the marriage knowing that this was always a possibility like you Nicole and we agreed monogamy is not a trump card for us uh honesty is a trump card like mm-hmm. we have to be honest with each other that's our that's our number one thing mm-hmm. and then over time a few years into being married I was I actually started having all these dreams about other people like very sexual dreams and about my coworkers and I don't know, people I had crushes on. And <laughs> I started thinking, I would, in my dreams, I would feel so sad that I could never explore mm. any of these impulses. God, and I was yes. so... I relate to that. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yes. Half of my dreams were sex dreams for 15 years straight. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And then no, I was like, maybe now. this means something? I don't right. know. Maybe oh my this God. Is yeah. Eventually, yeah. after yeah. Half attention of them, to your dreams. 15 years being sex dreams. Yes. Any therapist would have been like, oh my God. I oh my know. God. My therapist was a youngian. I just didn't tell her about those dreams. I was like, just don't tell her. Well, I was embarrassed by them because I thought I should be happy. And even though I knew it was on the table, I still felt so much shame. Oh my God. Yes. So much shame about Imagine. having those kind of feelings. Yes. And finally, I started being honest. First about the dreams. And we started dealing with the, the dreams. Then I started being honest about <laughs> so like, cute. maybe I want to act on these things. He's like, yeah, whatever. And my partner was like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like, he really I is want- so radically open about that. He is He's great. radically poly. Like, yeah. He is 100% that's his orientation, as it is mine, but it yeah. manifests slightly differently. And so then, I mean, there was probably a period of six months where I would say, well, what if I, you know, when I go out of town, like, what if I meet somebody and I want to I wanna kiss them? He's like, I don't. And he's care. like, I, I literally don't care. Do whatever Just you want. Kiss I told you six months ago, you can do whatever you want. Stop like, asking. Okay. Me. So our our agreements are very few, and they're yeah, they're cool. Yeah, but it's because we're one of the best things about opening up is this idea of radical honesty, which is not using honesty as a cudgel or to be cruel, but really trusting that the the truth can't hurt you. Oh, you have so nothing well to fear said. from the truth. Yeah, and that's become a real compass. Well, and you're making me think about the way that early on or in sort of like quote-unquote younger non-monogamy arrangements or poly situations, a lot of the agreements are about things we're not going to do, but Mm. actually as you shift your focus, and a lot of the books encourage this to be fair, like opening up certainly does, the more interesting thing is the agreement around what defines a marriage if it's not monogamy. What are agreements of what makes us a relationship. And so what like Frank and I have figured out is like, it's this many nights a week together, not strictly, but like roughly, like like this amount of the time, percentage of the time and this this number of quality date nights a week. And like, how often do we naturally feel compelled to have sex? And like, are we really cultivating that and caretaking it? Because we've been together 10 years. So like, how do you, like that's the more interesting question, I think ultimately. Absolutely. Yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I'm thinking about that too a lot lately in what does it mean to be a family? Because mm, we're oh starting to think about having kids. Oh God, and right? I have this. Are you guys in that too? Oh my God, yeah. yes. Okay, I got it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I oh. like deciding this month. I know that sounds dramatic. No, 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 we're no, deciding like this month. <laughs> I know. Heather is like, <laughs> we got the scoop on the Dirty Girl podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that we're talking scoop. about this. Because I know. It's I've crazy been like, there's been, experiences oh, are. You there's feel like you really so can't much. talk about that. Because also Polly plus baby really scares people. Yeah. Really, oh, They're like, is. you're going to mess How's up that, that kid work? with your sex cult. And you're like, no, we're not. <laughs> we're going to show them. First of all, I come from such a blended family. Flimmings can look like anything. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. This is, oh, this is the conversation that I keep trying to have. Like, I, yeah. and I, I say this with all the love in the world for my mother. Um, <laughs> but, like, my, but like my, my mom 
and, and she really is trying to be open, but like my mom keeps coming up against these, these things that are like, well, but what is a marriage if not this? And also isn't, you know, choosing one person as part of it. And isn't it just having your cake and eating it too, which as a bisexual person, oh I am my over. God. I'm over it. I'm over my it. I'm over it. My 24-year-old cousin said that to me when I, he came in as Polly. I was like, you're 20, you're a Gen Z or what is wrong? You're like, Whoa. you literally aren't a person yet. I you can't. Like, <laughs> I was like, Heather, you're a person, Heather. You are a person. Yeah. But, um, I, but, <laughs> but like, but, but like, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it I keep, it's like, I think that I'll get somewhere with her. And then these things keep coming up. They're so ingrained. But the irony is that she and my dad had their own issues that I won't go into because that's their life. But right. like, they got divorced when I was 11 and then got back together 15 years later and are, did not remarry because they didn't want to, but are life partners now. And I I'm like, with this. That's Polly. are you fucking kidding? Exactly. I was I know, like, that's mom, this could have helped you. I, and, I know. and I like know some behind the scenes shit where I'm like, mom, you are Polly. You are Polly. And that is what's happening is that like your nature is coming up against this like cognitive dissonance that you yes. have from your generation. And Stretcher. I can't say that to you because I'm your child and I'm going to sound like a little shit if I do that. I don't know. You can maybe but, say like, that. But like that... It is it is so frustrating to me because I'm like that you of all people should know that marriage and a family doesn't have to look one way. Right. I mean, right? You know? My, well, it's so interesting. So my mom, and I talked about this on your podcast when I came on your podcast, my mom fell in love with a woman unexpectedly when I was around eight. And they neither one had identified as queer before that. Neither one had ever been in love with a woman. I'm sure they've been unconsciously attracted to women, but they they sometimes I'm actually not totally sure. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they said yes or no to that. Anyway, I now know that early on there was some consideration because my mom still really loves my dad. They're very close friends. They still yeah, talk on really the phone close. like once a week. They still are friends. They have grown like kids. They do not need to keep talking. But they're legitimately <laughs> friends and do keep talking. And I know, I know there was some consideration of like, oh, would we want this to be a thing right. where I'm still married to him, but I'm with her also? Like they definitely, at least for a moment, and I think multiple people were like no that's not right for us but like it was certainly considered and i'm like how mm. can that be so shocking that we'd be wired the same way right yes. i'm literally yes. your genetic progeny right? <laughs> of course like and don't it's you genetic think, right like, of course of and course. don't you also think that you, like we were all picking up on something about like how mm. oh you know mom is uh with dad but also like really has a special relationship with this other person too and like it all that's is kind beautiful. of love and stuff at the end of the day it's all just love and stuff like my my it's all love and stuff like my my dad we we still went on family vacations that whole oh, 15 so years oh my it's, God. So it's the most holly thing that's ever so i love I that anyway oh, that's so wild well and the wow. kid thing is crazy because i think that people really uh, there i read an article recently about single non-romantic partner just really close best yes. friends we're starting to adopt kids oh i sent it to yeah. you yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah i wouldn't remember because right. i read it's it it's a great alternate it's again like just do whatever guys yeah. like we all need there's like kids in the world that need homes there are people who want to create families and this idea that it's just the nuclear family is obviously dying right. marriage rates are down yes. birth rates are down and the truth is like when i think about my life in a city like i crave community i crave a village 
I've always been wired that way. I would love a situation where a couple of people are co-parenting a really wonderful child. Oh my god! I, yes. I, oh I my gosh! Oh, we could all go on auditions. Like yes, we could go on auditions. We could all just live our lives and not be stressed out all the time. That's the number of times that like that my husband, my girlfriend, and I have spoken about this because they. And then I want to go back to what you were saying about family because I you started this whole thing. Um, but like we have talked about this recently because the two of them have actually gotten very close over the past several months, um, which is really nice. I mean, she's a lesbian and like, she's like, I'll peg you, but that's about it. Like if, if there was like anything going on, but there has not been, I will say that. Um, only jokes made, but, uh, but, but they've become very close and we have definitely become more of like, I don't want to call it a triad. That wouldn't be quite right. But like she calls it a Trinity. And I think that that's oh, a good that's way beautiful. of saying it. So we definitely function more that way. And so in, you know, my husband and I have been looking at like buying a place and finally trying to yes. invest in something and whatever. And, you know, she's gone with us to look at places and, and we have talked about like, well, okay, if there if a kid comes in, like, how great is it to have three parents? My God, like, mm, the kid would all any amount of attention that the kid needs, the kid's gonna have, and right. like, you can rotate depending on who's working. We're all creatives, and it just kind of that. I don't know. And to me, like, also, and you guys can definitely relate to this, coming from theater. Like theater yes. is such a tribe. And I like doing such community theater too. You watch how kids actually get raised like by the tribe in community theater. Absolutely. And so I think this model just feels very natural and loving to me anyway. I yeah, it feels so like the the hundred year experiment in detached cookie cutter houses with a mom and a dad and a boy and a girl like that is ending because it's it failed it's failed the model has failed yes because it's we're done failed. now <laughs> we're done now with that climate the change. earth is on fire the earth is on fire guys we just gotta so, band together in our yeah. groups and be welcoming to outsiders and take care of each other <laughs> and that's the other. end of this please like yep. come on but how lucky would a child be to to have that much love in their life I mean, that's really... It'd be beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, it's so yeah. ironic. It's actually, that was my experience growing up. My mom, her partner was a very loving presence in my upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, this feeling of like, I had one house here and my other family was five houses down the street and I would just like run between them. And I felt like the whole street was my house and I had all these like siblings and there was all this energy and love. Like, why wouldn't I want to give a child a version of that? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, that sounds like a beautiful childhood. Yeah, I just yeah. don't understand the trauma around it. Or I, I, I don't understand the fear. It's very hard to understand the fear. Once you've sort of seen the matrix of the thing, you're like, yeah. oh my God, you guys, do you know about this? It's very hard not to become a proselytizer around the college <laughs> stuff. Yeah, like, guys, you know there's a hack on this? And yeah. not <laughs> listen does to not this very dumb this rule. Yeah, and no one will stop you. Just just don't do it anymore. It's you, great. <laughs> you think you have to do these things. You yeah. should yes. do these things. And then you it really turns don't out have to. you really don't. No, you really don't. Feeling. And also, freedom. yeah, and, and the other thing to know, too, is that, like, poly people, a lot of poly people that I talk to, like, also go in and out of seeing other people, and yes, then, and an then times of, like, of just being with each other, of, I nesting. guess we can call it, and, yeah, nesting and yeah. all of that, so, mm -hmm. like, it's not this, like, constant thing, if you no. don't want it to be, it looks so many different ways, too. Wildly different ways. Yes. That's why the opening up book is so cool, is because there's a ton of case studies in it. That's yes, why I recommend that's that that's very one. interesting. And I was like, oh, you can do anything you want, like, your versions where the primary partnership isn't even sexual. Like I was like, oh, oh that's allowed. Like everything's I've, allowed. I've also I read about that and I was like, that blew my mind. That blew my mind too. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh yeah. wow, you really can do anything you want. But that's basically what my parents were. 
Like, and I think about that now, and that's like basically what my parents were right. for yeah. 15 years. And that might, that would have been so nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I totally get all that stuff. Yeah. So I think it's really, yeah, you, and you, do, I will say the other thing is like, it's definitely a huge commitment in the sense of like, it is a commitment to be radically present. Oh yeah. Always evolving and changing and n- keep naming the truth. And that is definitely tiring. So you actually, like you have to find ways to rest and sleep and like process in a gentle way. Like it is a different level of active in the relationship for us at least. What were some of the, <clears throat> what were some of the difficulties in opening? Well, we had a bunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had been together for 10 years. We had always said it was always on the table. It was always on the table. But I was really scared to pull the trigger because I was scared it would hurt him. Um, and he really assured me we could go through it. And he was right. And we did start to go through it. But going from the abstract to the literal was really hard. It took, we had to go into the dark night of the soul in terms of like every dark corner of everything in our marriage came out and was really looked at. We tried to do it as gently and lovingly as we could, but we absolutely had some intense fights as any couples would. And like uh, definitely when we went through it, it felt like going through a forge. I was like, okay, Mm. at the end of this, we will either have the strongest marriage ever or we'll have decided to amicably and sadly heartbreakingly part ways. And thank God that is not what happened. That would have truly been a heartbreaking situation. But we we really were like forged in the fire of it. And then eventually, it was so interesting. We kind of got stuck in this thing. My husband and I process at very different speeds. So I was like, I'm ready. And he was like... (laughs) And he was like, I need to go slower. And I was like, okay, fine. So then we really want his pace for a while. And then eventually the physical pain, I, my my connection with my girlfriend is really strong. And the physical pain of not being able to explore that was starting to become enough that I was like, I'm starting to feel physical symptoms of like, this this is really an issue. Like I'm kind, I'm, I don't want to blackmail you or push you, but yet I need to name I'm in pain. So it kind of got stuck in a little bit of an in, impasse that was challenging where he kept feeling he wasn't quite ready to make the leap. He was close, but he wasn't quite ever ready. And I was like, well, what will get you ready? And we couldn't get through that little thing. And then literally we did one session with this wonderful polytherapist on the west side of Los Angeles. She's amazing. And in literally, it was the first session was already life-saving. And then by the end of the second session, Frank was like, you're right, I, we have talked enough already. She just needed to say, oh my God, you guys have talked so much more than anybody I've ever met. Like just, Lauren, just ask for what you want. And I was like, I want to go on a first date. And she was like, great, Frank, what do you think? He's like, I could be open to that. And then it was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, this is great. This is this easy. Is great. Like, Frank was feeling the same thing too. He was like, whoa, you're right. She's right. We are ready. Let's just try it. I mean, it was really radical. And then we negotiated how much was okay to do sexually. And we got totally on the same page. And then we had this nice little limited first date. And that's exactly what we did sexually. And we stayed right there within that, that sort of playground. And then I went and saw him right after. And we had this like beautiful date night out and like we had been ready to like do we need to process a bunch and we like did we did but not in the way not in the bad way and it's like he was he was having compersion yeah um oh explain conversion yes, i love it the poly, poly yeah the poly <laughs> is a great poly word it's a word meaning basically like i, I heard it defined recently as sympathetic joy it's deep mm. joy for somebody mm. else and you can have we actually all have it all the time when we're in with a partner and they get a new job they have a real win in the world we have sympathetic joy constantly but what's ra- sounds radical to people is that you're having it about your partner's romantic and sexual attachment. Yeah, people like else. cannot wrap their head around that. It's wild, but it feels yeah. so good. It does. It does. Well, it's, but and not just erotic, like that can no. be it, but actually like joyful, yeah. loving. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, I think like I'm sure you guys have a similar experience uh, where, you know, when you tell people that you're poly or they ask or whatever, they're like, oh, I could never do that. I would be too jealous. Yes. Say it all the time. That's like that's the number one reaction. reaction, I would be too jealous. Also, I could never do that is also the number one start of a sentence after I come out. And I'm always like, great. Literally no one's asking you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You just need to be like, I'm talking about me me. right now. I was like, not you. Anyway, sorry. There's I literally looked up. Yeah polyamory on google and huff huff post says 12 questions people in polyamorous relationships are sick of hearing yes and i want to read them to you later tune in next week for part two of our poly interview thank you so much to these three poly babes we love you can't wait to hear what else you have to say Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin.